Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. A gentle tongue, a soft answer, can be like a broken bone. You know it's there. It sticks with you just like a broken bone is a constant reminder. Hey, I'm, I'm broken. We need to do something about this. Well, so too is this true with that soft answer, that gentle tongue. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. Think of a beautiful ring that has the most magnificent jewel sitting within an expensive band of gold or silver. It tends to be noticeable to those around and displays beauty for others to appreciate. Today, Pastor J.D. teaches about how your speech can be like this rare diamond, shining brightly and brilliantly. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Proverbs chapter 25 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 8, do not go hastily to court, for what will you do in the end when your neighbor has put you to shame? Debate your case, verse 9, with your neighbor, and do not disclose the secret to another, lest he who hears it expose your shame and your reputation be ruined. So what's this saying? It's basically saying this, and this is, again... (laughs) part of our sin nature, where someone is guilty until proven innocent. Not the other way around. It's supposed to be, you're innocent until proven guilty. Give me a break. On what planet is that the reality? We're judge and jury in our minds. So your neighbor does something. What's your first response? They're guilty. Well, wait a minute. You're going to create a federal case out of this? Why don't you go talk to them? No, they did. I know they did it. And so now you're going to go out and tell everybody else. (laughs) Do not disclose the secret to another. That in and of itself is a sermon unto itself. I won't preach it. (laughs) I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) We don't go to the person. We go to everybody else about the person. You know, it was a while back we did talk about this as well in our study through the Proverbs, but when you hear something said about somebody, and somebody says to you something to this effect, um, did you hear about so-and-so? You know what you should say? No, stop, stop. Uh, uh, Stop, don't say another word. Uh, Go to that person. See if it's true. That's what Matthew eighteen fifteen through 17 says to do. That's what Galatians 6 says to do throughout Scripture. The admonition, the exhortation, the warning really is, you go to that person. Oh, Matthew 5. Woo! You know what Jesus said about this? He said, if you've got ought with your brother or sister in Christ, in other words, you've got an issue with your neighbor, with that individual, 
And, and here you are in church looking all spiritual, and you're bringing your gift to the altar. Don't even think about it. Leave the gift. Get out. Go find that person and settle the matter quickly, because if you don't, the devil will take, I mean, it will cost you everything. Don't let the devil do that. Because now what's going to happen is, as long as there's distance between this perceived transgression by this individual and the resolving of it, the settling of it, you are giving the enemy a blank check to fill in the amount of the destruction that he desires to cause. So what's the proverb saying? So here's what you do, (laughs) because if you don't, then here's what's going to happen. Uh, it'll be shown that they were innocent in the matter, that you refused to settle quickly. And you are going to be so ashamed, so embarrassed, you're going to lose face. And not only will you lose face, you're going to lose your reputation. Who is ever going to want to be associated with you? Who's ever going to even want to talk to you? Did you see what they did to so-and-so? They created this big stink about them. Turns out they were innocent in the matter. And here this guy, I mean, he makes this big federal case about it. He, he tells the entire church about it. And everybody that he tells looks at that person and they're doing the same thing. They're guilty until proven innocent. Not the other way around. This is why slander and gossip and rumors and talking stink about people is something that God takes very seriously. It's an abomination to him because of the destruction that it will cause. We're going to see this at the end of this chapter here shortly. Let me just say one last thing. i got to be careful when I say one last thing on this before we move on. So, okay, you're in a conversation with somebody, and they say something to you about somebody else behind their back. Gossip, rumor, talk stink. And then afterwards, I mean, your spirit's so grieved in you. You feel defiled. You feel violated. You feel dirty because you participated in this conversation about this other person. And you'll never see that other person the same again. That is a fact. That is a sad fact. That you'll never see that person when somebody tells you something about somebody. Forget about whether it's true or not. That's not even the issue you'll never look at that person again the same. That's how devastating it can be. So they say something to you about them behind their back. I have a question for you. What do you think they're saying to others about you behind your back? Oh, don't be so naive as to believe that if they're not going to talk stink about, if they're going to talk stink about that person to you, they're going to talk stink about you to another person. How about that? Anyway, just have a nice evening. I just wanted to leave that with you. Verse 11, I love this one. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Oh my goodness, how magnificent is this? Talk about painting a picture on the canvas of our imagination. I mean, picture this, just gold apples, pure gold, in settings of silver. How spectacular is that? How valuable is that? 
Well, what's the proverb saying? It's saying that when you say the right word at the right time with the right heart, that's what it's like. Apples of gold in settings of silver. It shines. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. It's pleasing. That's what a word fitly spoken is like. You know how it is when somebody, I just, and these are the people you want to be around. Because they just, when they speak, you know, this tongue has the power of life and death, and they speak words of life. They never have anything bad to say about anybody. When they speak, it's just, it's always a word fitly spoken, and it's just sort of soothing and like a healing balm. And it's so refreshing, isn't it? When someone just has the right word at the right time, and they speak it. Well, this kind of ties into verse 12 in a, a different way. It says, like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. Wait, what? <laughs> the rebuker? Well, wait a second, not so fast here. Somebody just got done rebuking me? Eh, I'm pretty sure I don't see it as a gold earring, this beautiful gold earring, and I'm pretty sure I don't see it as an ornament of fine gold. Uh, but that is probably because you don't have an obedient ear. Let me see if I can uh, put this into more uh, modern day terms. Uh, we value gold, right? We value uh, anything of gold, an ornament of fine gold, that has value. That is precious. Well, so too is the ear that is willing to hear a rebuke, a wise rebuke, because it is spoken by one who has the wisdom and who cares enough to say something to you. You should receive it as such. You should value it as such. Yeah, but man, they rebuke me. Oh, that must mean they love you. They care about you, because if they didn't, they wouldn't bother. Well, think about it, right? If you really care about somebody, you're going to tell them the truth in love because you love. If you didn't love them, you wouldn't bother telling them. Because you don't care. I don't care. No, I'm going to rebuke you in love, gently, not harsh. We're going to see that here in a moment too. But the fact that I'm willing to rebuke you, you should value it as you would value an ornament of fine gold. Verse 13, like the cold of snow in time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. In other words, you send somebody to do something and they need to be faithful in doing it, in carrying out that which you sent them to do. I think about this in terms of being the messenger, sharing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're the sent out ones. How refreshing is that to the master? 
our master, our God. When we are faithful, you know, the words that we're going to hear, that we all long to hear, are good and faithful servant, well done. Notice it's not good and productive servant. Good and even fruitful servant. No, no, no. It's not good and popular servant. Boy, you'd wonder these days about that one. No, it's good and faithful servant. In other words, you were faithful to do that which I called you to do. Verse 14, whoever falsely boasts of giving is like clouds and wind without rain. Here's this boisterous, boasting individual that's saying, hey, I'm going to do this, I'm going to give you this, I promise you this, and then they don't. That's what they're like. They're like clouds and wind that give no rain. I think this proverb is clearly speaking to the importance of following through and doing what you said you would do. It might seem like a a little thing. It's not. This is big. We as Christians should be people who mean what they say and say what they mean. The yes means yes, the no means no. I think it brings reproach upon the gospel and a black eye really on Christianity when we as Christians do this. We don't follow through. We're not men and women of our word. We make promises, we make commitments, and then we don't follow through on those commitments. Verse 15, this is a very interesting one. Again, I'm going to use the word gnarly. I hope you don't mind. By long forbearance, a ruler is persuaded and a gentle tongue breaks a bone. Okay, what's this saying? All right, a couple thoughts. First of all, patience, long-suffering, long, forbearance. <laughs> Being patient in persuading somebody, and certainly this can apply to being patient when we share the gospel, when we share our faith. You know, it's almost, and I, maybe it's, I'm, I'm jaded because I've spent so many years in sales, but it's kind of like as Christians, we want to get another sale on the board. We want to get another notch on our belt. And it's kind of like we share the gospel. We're more concerned about another salvation credited to our account than we are about the soul that is given their life to Christ. And so we're impatient. <laughs> if you're trying to close the sale and get them on their knees, praying the sinner's prayer, that almost never happens. Sometimes you're just planting the seed. Sometimes you're just watering the seed. Now, there are going to be times, and it's just the most amazing experience, is when God gives you the privilege and the honor of actually harvesting and leading somebody to Christ. There is no high like that high of praying with somebody and seeing somebody come to Christ and then seeing them walk with the Lord and grow in the Lord. I mean, that's fruit added to your account. God used you in their life to bring them to Christ. Man. So it just took so, because I was always driven 
you know, goal-oriented. Okay, I'm going to get 10 people saved this month. That's my goal. I get an extra commission if I do that. 10 people. Are you kidding me? No. Long forbearance. You develop a relationship with them. You're patient with them. That's how they're persuaded. But then, this one gets me. What does this mean? A gentle tongue breaks a bone. Okay. You know how it is that when somebody is screaming at you, it's easy to kind of tune them out. And conversely, when, when somebody is speaking very softly, almost in a whisper, it's kind of like, what? What did you say? We're so much more attentive. That gentle tongue, that soft answer, can be so powerful, it can break the hardness, it can break the bone. Here's another thought along those lines. A gentle tongue, a soft answer, can be like a broken bone. You know it's there. It sticks with you, just like a broken bone is a constant reminder. Hey, I'm, I'm broken. We need to do something about this. Well, so too is this true with that soft answer, that gentle tongue. Verse 16, have you found honey? <laughs> Eat only as much as you need, lest you be filled with it and vomit. I don't know if you've ever done this, and this is the interesting thing about honey. When I was a kid, um, my uh, mom had like three or four bags of these honey cough drops. And they were so sweet and so delicious. So I was like, I mean, I think I ate both bags. And after I did, it was one of those things where, you know how when it hits, it's kind of like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. <laughs> All of a sudden now I'm starting to feel nauseated and sick to my stomach. And sure enough, man, I threw up. What's this proverb saying? I think it's saying this. Um, something that's good, be careful because too much of a good thing cannot be good. So be careful with and show restraint. Just what you need. Don't eat too much of it. Don't get your fill of it or you will vomit it. Verse 17, seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, lest he become weary of you and hate you. Wow. Now, we live in a day and age, I mean, let's be honest, right? I mean, we're not neighborly. I mean, I, we have neighbors where I live. I've never been in, uh, actually, I've never been in either neighbor's house. They'd never invited me in their house. I've never been, now these two particular neighbors, I've never been in their house. And we don't do this anymore, right? Because that's, that's old fashioned. So if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of uh, bring this proverb and this principle into a modern day application. 
Okay, here's what I'm thinking. Seldom post on social media, lest your friends and followers become weary of you and hate you. Oh, you got real quiet all of a sudden. (laughs) Stay with me. I think that sometimes we can overstay our welcome, as it were. Oh, we may not be in our neighbor's house, and they're like, okay, can you go home now, please? Okay, you've been here long enough. You've overstayed your welcome. And they try to drop hints, and you're not getting any of the hints. So they come out with their toothbrush toothbrush and pajamas, and they're, you know, (laughs) they're kind of like, okay, (laughs) you can go home now. You've been here too long. I hate you being here now. (laughs) Again, we... We don't understand that because that's not an issue for us now. But what about in terms of social media? I wonder. um, Overstay our welcome? Do we overpost to where people are just like, enough already? I mean, you're just... What you go through your newsfeed, boom, 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 stop. You're killing me. You become weary, and they're going to unfriend you. That's basically what's going to happen. They're going to unfriend you. You know, the like and the love buttons now, I guess they got, I guess on Facebook, it started off with like, and then they went, I'm not on Facebook very often, but um, so went to like, and then you got love, and then you got wow. I mean, it's like, how many more of these things are they going to have? You know what they don't have? They don't have a hate button. I mean, they probably do. It's just called unfriend or block. (laughs) You get the hint? (laughs) You blocked me. Yeah, you you were, I, I hate you. You're posting so much. You've overstayed your welcome on my Facebook page. Yeah, and it's right here. It's biblical, right here, verse 17. Point them to Proverbs 25, verse 17. That's the best modern day application I can come up with, so that's what you're going to get. If you got a better one, let me know afterwards, we can talk about it. Verse 18, here's where this is going to come up again. (laughs) A man who bears false witness against his neighbor, notice this, is like a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow. Wow. Uh, Let's start with the sharp arrow first. kind of carries with it the idea of from a distance somebody's firing false accusations against you from a distance. The words of wisdom the book of Proverbs provides weren't meant to only be applied to life in the author's time. They were also meant to benefit generations to come, including you. All ages and walks of life can benefit from this book in this modern world. Proverbs gives you practical advice for living a life that's pleasing to your Creator. It also shares insight for ways to interact with others to not only show love, but to model Jesus. Pastor J.D. will have more to share from Proverbs when you join us next time on In Spirit and Truth. In the meantime, you can listen to more teachings from Pastor J.D. at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and even download our mobile app. 
This is a great way to keep Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you wherever you go and even share them with others. You'll find a link to download at our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. We also invite you to check out Pastor J.D.'s weekend update, the Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to prophecies of the Bible sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these updates on our mobile app or on our website. One more time, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you've been encouraged by this teaching in Proverbs and that you'll continue to study them on your own. Tune in next time for more right here on In Spirit and Truth.